0: A vegan superhero is a new breed of athlete, stronger, healthier, and driven by purpose. Vegan superheroes wage war against society's status quo and win. Vegan superheroes battle the forces of evil that profit from the suffering of others. Vegan superheroes take a stand for what they believe in and prove the haters wrong. If you ask the meatheads and clueless fitness gurus, they'll tell you that what we're doing is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. Vegan superheroes inspire change, spread compassion, challenge the status quo, and fuel the revolution. Our mission is to help you become a vegan superhero. Welcome to the Vegan Gym Podcast. Hey, what's going on everyone? My name is Leigh Farnerson and I'm joined
1: here by my co-host, my brother Anders. What's going on, dude? Yo, what's up guys? Welcome to another episode. Today, we are going to be talking about weight loss. What to expect? when you are trying to lose some weight uh, because things can fluctuate you don't know what really to expect and that's exactly what we're going to be diving in uh, because it can be definitely a mental game and we want to ease your uh, stress and make sure that you get the best results as possible so exactly without further ado dude Without further ado, dude, (laughs) that kind of rolled off the tongue weird, but let's dive into it. Yeah, let's
0: do it. All right, so yeah, today we're going to be discussing how your body weight and your body measurements should be changing during weight loss. But before we jump into that, I really want to make a distinction between weight loss and fat loss. So I want to begin by saying that weight loss shouldn't necessarily be your primary goal. And I know that's the title of the podcast because weight loss is far more, it's a far more common phrase. So people are searching for it and we want this podcast to be searchable and stuff. <laughs> but I just want, i I kind of consider it to be like this ethical bait and switch because I want to explain why you should shift your goal from weight loss to fat loss. So regardless of your exact goals, your general goal should be body recomposition or maybe not should be, but. It will be whether you're trying to shred body fat, whether you're trying to just see the weight on the scale go down, whether you're trying to build lean muscle, your goal is body recomposition, which basically just means that you're trying to build lean muscle and or shred body fat. So if we look at just how your body weight is changing, that's not a great metric for understanding how you are actually making progress towards your overall goals. And that's because lean muscle mass is a part of your total body weight. But let's say that your goal is to lose 10 pounds. And if I could just magically snap my fingers G- and have you life. and have you lose 10 pounds. You might be like, wow, that's amazing. I want, I want that. But then I snap my fingers and you lose 10 pounds of lean muscle mass. You technically have accomplished your weight loss goal, but you're not going to feel good. In fact, you're probably going to feel like you look less less in the direction of where you want to be heading than when you actually started. So when it comes to looking better, however you define that, when it comes to feeling better, most people want to lose body fat and build lean muscle mass. Even if you just want to lose body fat, it's important to really focus on having the right goals and being sure that you are phrasing things correctly because the more specific your goals the more likely you are to actually achieve them
1: 100 percent. so
0: yeah we want to be sure that you're focusing on the right metrics and the right things to track which is why it's so important to focus on fat loss instead of just weight loss in general now with that being said We're going to also be talking about weighing yourself on a scale. Obviously, most scales are not tracking body fat changes. They're tracking just your overall weight changes. So it is definitely something that we're still going to be tracking to achieve our goals of fat loss. But it shouldn't be the the main goal should not be, hey, I want to see my weight go down. It should be, hey, I want to shred body fat. So. Hope that's clear. And to start all of this, I really want to talk about how you should actually track your fat loss progress. So first and foremost, you really must be tracking your progress because tracking is really the only way to determine whether you're achieving your goals. And it's also crucial to track your progress for course correcting your strategy, if you start getting off track or things aren't exactly going as planned, you're not making the progress that you feel really good about, it's important to understand how your body is changing so you can make changes to your strategy if things are not
1: heading in the direction that you want them to be. It's, it's a lot more calculated than most people think it is. Uh, and when you, when you take it's, that- It's when, not complicated. It's, it's not complicated, but it's more calculated than most people think. And when you do that approach and you really have everything dialed in perfectly, your results are 10x uh, and you see amazing results. So yeah. that's why it's so important to make sure that you are tracking all these different data points, which we're going to be diving in. But- um, yeah, we got to be specific with things.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, it is definitely possible to shred body fat without tracking your progress, but I assure you that your results are going to be better if you do track your progress. And unfortunately, many dieters end up with mediocre results because they're not carefully tracking their progress and maybe they're not adhering to their strategy, but it usually comes down to not tracking their progress and understanding how their body is changing. So they can't make changes to their strategy or they can't double down with their commitment and bring more intensity in the gym because they're not understanding the connection between how their body is changing and the inputs that they have in their program. So the dieters who do track their progress tend to mostly rely on just measuring their weight. They're just tracking their body weight on a bathroom scale to and they're kind of using that to dictate their success along their fitness journey. Now, tracking your body weight is certainly important, but there are also many other metrics that should be tracked as well. And the most important metrics that you should track listed in order of recommended tracking frequency, in my opinion, include One, your macronutrient targets, that's something that you should have calculated and you should be tracking that every single day. If you have no idea what your macronutrient target should be, and when I'm talking about macronutrients, I'm talking about the amount of protein, carbohydrates, and dietary fat that you're consuming every single day. If you don't know what those targets should be, you can head to our website, thevegangym.com. We have a free macro calculator on there that will bring you through those calculations So that is the first thing that you should be focusing on because if you have the right inputs in your nutrition program, you're going to see the right outputs in terms of your progress. The second thing that you should be tracking is your body weight. You should also be tracking that every single day. Now there are going to be fluctuations from day to day. So don't get all bent out of shape if you're seeing things or get frustrated if you're seeing things not consistently head Down every single day if you're focusing on fat loss. Uh, We'll explain exactly why that happens later in this episode. But that's the second thing that you should be tracking basically every single day. You should also be tracking your workouts. That should be done on a daily basis. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're working out every single day. You should probably have some form of activity every single day, even if that's just a 30 minute fast walk on your rest days. But tracking your workouts is a third thing that you should be tracking every single day. And then there are two other things that we also recommend tracking. That's your physique progress pictures, which should be done probably once a week. You could do it every other week. And then your body measurements should also be done every one to two weeks. So body measurements, when we're talking about those, your body measurements should be... Well, there are a few that we focus on with our clients. You can track whatever body measurements you want, but specifically... Uh, measuring your neck, measuring your chest, measuring your upper arms, kind of around the largest point of your biceps, measuring your waist, measuring your hips, measuring your thighs, and measuring your calves as well. So those are the general metrics that we'll be tracking when it comes to body measurements, and you should be tracking those probably every one to two weeks. So just as an example for why this is so important, we have a, a client of ours who has been making absolutely incredible progress this past month. And he is down in the last five weeks, he's down five and a half inches in his waist. He's down 10 pounds total in his body weight. And his arms have increased by 1.25 inches each. So when we look at those metrics, we can clearly understand that he is gaining lean muscle mass as he is shredding body fat. So even though the scale has only moved by 10 pounds, and I don't say that to downplay that at all, that's an incredible accomplishment, but the scale in terms of body fat has moved down significantly more than that, but he is obviously gaining lean muscle mass at the same time because his his arms are increasing in their circumference, so he's gaining lean muscle mass, and his waist is decreasing incredibly fast at a a rate of just over an inch per week, which is pretty
1: remarkable. Talk about an ideal situation. (laughs) Yeah, so
0: so that's why it's so important to measure all of these things, because you don't know exactly how your body is changing. And when you gain lean muscle mass, most people would consider that to be a huge win, but it's gonna show up on the scale as an increase. So if you are just track if you are just measuring your progress based on the number that the scale tells you, then you can be frustrated even if you are making really great progress and you're gaining lean muscle and shredding body fat at the same time, you're, the weight's not going to be dropping maybe as fast as you are expecting, and maybe that will cause some frustration. But if you are tracking these other things as well, you're going to understand that your body is... Recomping in different ways and you're actually very much heading towards your goals So the one exception to all of this is if you have struggled with an eating disorder in the past And tracking your body weight or tracking any of these other metrics is kind of a trigger for you It kind of messes with you mentally So for our clients with a who have a history of eating disorders, we've tried a few other approaches And i'll just briefly list those because I know this is something that lots of people struggle with So one approach is weighing yourself once per week instead of weighing yourself every single day. That's one one approach. If you don't wanna weigh yourself at all, you can do the second approach, which is using a pair of tight, non-stretchy jeans and tracking how the fit of those jeans changes over time. And the third way that you can do this is tracking max reps for bodyweight exercises, like pull-ups and push-ups. And those numbers are going to increase as a result of both fat loss and muscle gain. So if you track how your body weight strength is increasing over time, that's also going to be very uh, a very telling metric. So those are some approaches that you can use if you don't want to be tracking body measurements or body weights, and maybe those would work better for you, but if you do not have any problems with tracking body weight, tracking your physique progress pictures, tracking your body measurements. We highly recommend that you do all of those. All right. So now we know what we need to track. So how do we expect these metrics to change over time? Well, I'm first going to talk about body weights and how we expect that to change. So Obviously, if your goal is fat loss, you're going to be expecting the number on the scale to drop, and that's the right expectation, but it really shouldn't be your main focus because, as I said earlier, it doesn't account for positive changes in lean muscle mass. So I mentioned one of our clients who had some pretty phenomenal results over the last five weeks, but another client we have... She got a DEXA scan before and after our program, like a day before our program and one or two days after our program ended. And uh, she got her first DEXA. So DEXA scans are kind of the gold standard for body composition testing. So it very accurately measures the amount of lean muscle tissue and also body fat as well as your bone density that you have, and it can track that over time very accurately. So she got her first DEXA scan on May 17th of this year, right before beginning our program, and then got her second DEXA scan on June 19th, right after finishing our 90 day Vegan Superhero Academy coaching program. And her results were pretty phenomenal, so I wanna share those just to really drive home the point of it's not all about body weight. So she ended up shredding, according to dexa she shredded twenty seven or twenty sorry twenty four point seven pounds, which is eleven point two kilos of body fat in ninety days and that's pretty amazing that in and of itself is awesome, but the real kicker is this: her body weight only dropped by a total of thirteen point five pounds, which is six point one kilograms that's insane so <laughs> So how can her body weight only drop by 13.5 pounds if she lost 24.7 pounds of body fat? Well, because in the same 90-day period, she gained 11.2 pounds, which is 5.1 kilograms of lean muscle
1: tissue. That is the definition of body recomposition. That is, (laughs) Yeah, that is
0: pretty incredible. That's one of the most amazing 90-day transformations that I've ever personally seen. And it's awesome, but that's exactly why you shouldn't be focused on body weight. So she only saw the scale drop by 13.5 pounds over 90 days, which is still a huge accomplishment. Many people would be really pleased by that, but that isn't actually telling of her true results because her strength increased dramatically. And that's because she was building a lot of lean muscle mass at the same time that she was shredding body fat incredibly quickly. So Yeah, if you're gaining, basically, you're gaining 11 pounds of muscle and you're losing nearly 25 pounds of body fat at the same time, that's pretty remarkable. And that's why it's so important to be measuring other metrics at the same time that you're tracking body weight. So we'll explain exactly how she achieved those results in another episode that we'll have specifically dedicated to body recomposition, which is just the the process of building muscle and shredding fat at the same time. But here's my reason for bringing this up. Do not allow the scale to dictate your progress. So like tracking your body weight is very useful. It's definitely one of the simplest ways to gauge whether you're heading in the right direction or not. But you shouldn't have it be the end all be all in determining your progress and determining how you're feeling about your progress. So I just want to make that very clear. And we also tend to for our clients, what we'll tend to do is track body weight every single day, but then we will take weekly averages and basically track those weekly averages. And that's the real number that tells us how things are moving because there are so many day-to-day fluctuations. There's kind of a lot of noise in the tracking metrics as you're going through and tracking body weight. So that's typically how we do it. We'll track based on average numbers that we're taking on a weekly basis. So with all that being said, how quickly can you expect to lose body fat? Now, the rate of fat loss depends almost entirely on the caloric deficit that you follow. So regardless of how much fat you have to lose, it really comes down to calories in versus calories out at the end of the day. But even if your body weight has plateaued for several days or weeks, that doesn't necessarily mean that you aren't losing body fat. I just want to throw that in there because there are daily fluctuations that can occur in your body's water balance, in your eating schedule, training schedule, sleeping schedule, stress levels all of those things can mask fat loss for a short period of time. And of course there are also measurement errors that can play a role in the, in masking progress as well. Cause all bathroom scales are not accurate to 0.001%. <laughs> so it's important to keep all of that in mind, but basically your rate of fat loss is going to depend entirely on the caloric deficit that you follow. And 1 pound of body fat weighs 455 454 grams and approximately 85 to 90% of this weight can be attributed to stored triglycerides that can be burned for energy and the rest of that weight the 10 to 15% extra weight is just water and cellular machinery and stuff like that but this basically means that you have roughly 400 grams of stored triglycerides in each pound of body fat that you can burn That you must burn to lose one pound of body fat. So if you just take that number 454 grams and you multiply by 0.85 to 0.9, it comes out to about 400 grams. So that 400 grams is the amount of fat that your body can actually, that your body must burn to lose one pound of fat on the scale. So since each gram of pure fat contains nine calories, that means that it's going to take about 3,600 calories of cumulative burned energy to lose one pound of fat. So I'm just taking 400 and multiplying that by nine because there are nine calories per gram of fat. So if you maintain a daily caloric deficit of 600 calories, then you can expect to lose a pound of fat approximately every six days. And that's a general idea for where you should, for how you should be setting your caloric deficit to achieve a certain rate of fat loss. Now, for most people, you should be able to expect to lose approximately 0.5% to 1% of your body weight per week when focusing on fat loss. That's basically the main target that we are focusing on with our clients that we recommend everyone focus on when you are trying to shred body fat. And if you're in that range, then you're um, then you're doing great. You're on the right track. You should keep doing what you're doing. And I would really only recommend making changes to your nutrition or training program when you fall out of that range. Now, if you're losing more than 1% of your body weight per week, that's pretty remarkable. That's a very fast rate of fat loss and your, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. And you you definitely don't want to go crazy. Like you should not be doing three hours of cardio every single day for months uh, straight. You, should pro- you probably shouldn't even be doing that for one day unless you're running Sounds a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important to, so there is a limit to how much accumulated fatigue your body can handle. And if you are doing way too much cardio and you're doing way too much training and you're bringing your nutrition, your caloric intake, super low, that can all add lots of stress to your body. And that's not a good thing to have long-term, but if you're losing more than 1% of your body weight per week in a sustainable manner with a nutrition plan and training program that are really working for you, you're getting enough sleep and you're feeling great, then that's absolutely amazing. You should continue doing that as long as that is fitting within your goals. Now, if you're losing less than 0.5% of your body weight per week, you're obviously still making progress towards your goals. That's awesome. But it might be time to reevaluate your approach, especially if you're frustrated by slow progress. If you're happy with that level of progress, that's awesome. Don't worry about changing anything at the end of the day. It all comes down to how you're feeling and how you feel about your progress. But if you are frustrated and you feel like things are going kind of slow and you're under the 0.5% of body weight losses per week, then I would recommend reevaluating your approach, both your nutrition and your training program. So, I I just wanted to give you some general guidelines for fat loss expectations. I hope that's helpful and you should really be focusing on falling somewhere in the 0.5% to 1% of your body weight per week in terms of how things are changing just on the scale. Now, I just want to throw in some notes about body weight fluctuations. I mentioned that a few minutes ago, but your weight will fluctuate up and down from day to day, even if you are doing everything right. So you could be nailing your nutrition program, nailing your training program, and you're consistently losing, let's say 0.2 pounds every single day for a week straight. And then you have one day where it spikes up and you quote unquote gain 0.5 pounds on the scale. I know that can be frustrating. I've seen that personally and all of our clients have seen that. I mean, I've experienced this the past week. So (laughs) yeah, it's totally normal. Even if you are doing every single thing right, even if you have not changed a single thing in your program, you can see those fluctuations in your body weight. So again, that's why we track average weekly weight loss. You can... Track just once a week, as I mentioned, that we do for some of our clients who have gone through eating disorders or just really get flustered when they see body weight increases on the scale. So you can track once a week, but that's also maybe not optimal because those single weekly measurements also experience those fluctuations that the day to day that the day to day measurements experience. So you could have one weight that you measure on sunday and it's lower than the actual weight is because you had a little dip in the scale and then a week later on sunday you measure yourself again and it had dipped up so it looks like there were really no changes but that's just because you had a really low measurement one day and then a really high measurement a week later so that's why it's best if you can do it to measure your body weight every single day and take those weekly averages. The more data, the better. <laughs> Generally speaking, yes. So what actually causes your these daily fluctuations? Well, there are a bunch of things. Your body's water balance is the main cause of these fluctuations and it's just affected by the amount of fluid consumption that you have when you're consuming that fluid and also your hormones which is especially relevant to women who are on their who are experiencing their menstrual cycle So I just want to quickly touch on that. We had a client uh, who we're working with right now. She's absolutely been crushing it, doing really, really well, and just bringing a lot of energy, enthusiasm, and intensity to her training and seeing amazing results. But she had one of these increases, and it really messed with her mentally. So I just want to quickly give you some numbers so you understand how these how your menstrual cycle can actually impact your body weight so your body weight can change from like plus or minus up to five pounds over the course of a month depending on a bunch of different factors but it can change by that just based on your menstrual cycle So on May 25th of this year, she had a body weight measurement of 56.5 kilograms. Then she saw her her weight steadily increase over the next three days. And that really started messing with her mentally. And she ended up on May 28th, three days later, she was up 0.7 kilograms in those three days. So that was really demotivating to her and she was really frustrated and she didn't understand why it was happening. And we talked about it. She mentioned that she was on her menstrual cycle. I, I just said, Hey, let's focus on trusting the process. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. Everything's going to turn out just fine and this is totally normal and you're, you're going to be, you're going to feel much better in a week when this has all passed. So Then from May 28th to June 2nd, her weight dropped by 1.6 kilograms in those five days. So it spiked up and then it dropped like a rock over the following week. So her total change was, even though it spiked up and she was really frustrated, her total change was actually... Down by 0.9 kilograms over eight days. So she basically lost about 1.6% of her body weight in a week, even though it spiked up and then it dropped down. So that is all due to water retention due to your menstrual cycle. And that's something that she experienced during that period. So that's one cause of daily fluctuations: is your body's water balance. Another one is your bathroom schedule. Simply, when you are going to the bathroom, how much you have in Some your digestive amazing How track. much that
1: changes? Yeah, that can
0: change <laughs> quite a bit. So if you if you weigh yourself before or after going number two, that can make a pretty big change on the scale. Another cause of daily fluctuations is your eating schedule. So. How much just food you have in your system is really ha- has a huge effect, and then also your sodium intake, which plays into your body's water balance. Stress can also have a yeah, pretty I was significant to say inflammation. Stress can have a pretty significant effect, and it actually st- the stress hormone cortisol can actually mimic the the effects of consuming a high sodium diet. So it it holds on to water and it causes your body to to have a little jump in
1: the scale. Yeah. One so the- of, one of the best examples would be um, like I always witness this when I go for a run like the following day uh, my my body's just like what the heck did you do to me type of thing yeah. and I, I weigh in a, like an a pound or two higher the next yeah. day even though I burn more calories the the previous day it just my body was just kind of stressed out with all the inflammation and everything. So, just as something to keep in mind, more more work does not mean uh, uh, you're going to like lose pro- progress. Essentially,
0: <laughs> yeah. There and it all works out over time. So yeah. that's the important thing to keep in mind. Even though you see these spikes, you can. We just went over how the the concept of having needing to maintain a caloric deficit of 3,600 calories of cumulative burn energy to lose one pound of body fat. Well, the same is true in the reverse. You need to eat 3,600 calories in excess of what you're burning every single day to gain a pound of body fat. So the idea that you can gain a pound of body fat From like over the course of three days when you've been maintaining your nutrition plan and there's no way in heck you've consumed an excess of 3,600 calories over a period of three days. That's just, that's something important to keep in mind as you're looking at the scale. So I know it's it's such a mental game. (laughs) It is a huge mental game. So I know it's frustrating, but that's, this is the same stuff that we tell our clients. So I hope that this is helpful in rest in giving you some peace of mind. And also, it's important to know that your rate of fat loss is going to generally slow over time. It doesn't need to slow over time because you can make changes to your training program and your nutrition program. But if you don't do anything and you don't make any changes, it's going to slow over time. And one of the best ways to make sure that's not going to happen is by maintaining a high level of non-exercise activity, which is scientifically known as uh, non-exercise activity, thermogenesis or NEAT. And basically that just means that you need to be doing the same day to day activities that you were doing before you started trying to shred body fat. So if you are, If you have this new nutrition program and training program, but you decide to stop taking the 30-minute walk that you have every single day with your significant other and you decide to take your dogs out only – on one walk around the neighborhood instead of the four that you used to do, and you're spending all of your extra time on the couch recovering from your new training program. Hopefully you're not walking That's, your dog just once a day. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not, but I mean, if you have like a backyard or something, you can just no. let them out and maybe you don't need to be walking them. But, but the, the point is, if you are doing, if you are adding activity to, in the form of weight training or whatever your training program is, and you are decreasing other activity because you're just fatigued or whatever, that's going to kind of cancel itself out. So it's not going to be, hey, I'm increasing activity. I'm actually just staying the same because I'm decreasing lots of the activity that I used to do, and I'm just condensing it into a smaller period of time at the gym or wherever you're training. So keep up your level of non-exercise activity. That's going to be the best way of ensuring that fat loss does not slow over time. All right. So how will your body measurements change over the period of fat loss that you're, that you're trying to accomplish? So let's some of these are obvious but they're still it's still worth mentioning. so your main goal, or at least most people's main goal is going to be body recomposition and that's going to be losing body fat without losing lean muscle mass or perhaps also with gaining lean muscle mass. Lots of people want to both shred body fat and gain lean muscle mass and that is known as body recomposition whether you're doing it, together at the same time or you're focusing on fat loss and then you're focusing on muscle growth and you're just switching from one to the other your kind of main goal is body recomposition maybe it's not maybe you just want to see the number on the scale go down and you just want to lose body fat and you don't care about gaining lean muscle mass but even then you don't want to lose lean muscle mass so the main goal is really losing body fat while maintaining or preferably gaining if that's your goal lean muscle mass so how do we actually track these measurements over time? Well, the first measurement that we really look at is your waist and also your hip measurements. So those should both be decreasing and your hips are, your hip measurement is really the number one body measurement that you should be looking at to determine your fat loss progress. And the rate at which these measurements change depends basically entirely on how much body fat that you have to lose. But Our clients, just to give you an idea, our clients generally lose body weight in their waist at a rate of one inch per month to as quickly as one inch per week. And yes, I said one inch per week. As I just mentioned earlier, uh, I mentioned one of our clients that has been doing that. We've had other clients do that. So it is possible to lose body fat in your waist at as fast as a rate of one inch per week. But lots of people don't necessarily have that much body weight uh, have that much fat to lose so your your the rates that you're going to see your waist changing is going to be a little bit slower so somewhere in that range like an inch per month to as fast as an inch per week and that's 2.5 centimeters per month to 2.5 centimeters per week so that's a pretty big range and that you could kind of experience with your own results. But the main point here is that your weight should be decreasing. So that's the number one thing that we look at to ensure that our, our program is working to accomplish our fat loss goals. And also your thighs will pretty much always be decreasing because they tend to carry more body fat than your upper arms and your legs. And I threw waste into or or your hips into the waist measurement that I was just talking about. Your waist, your hips should pretty much always be decreasing as well. Uh, But your hips, or your, sorry, your thighs should always be decreasing or almost always be decreasing because they tend to carry more body fat than the upper arms and lower legs. And this tends to be especially true for women. Men tend to carry more body fat in their midsection. So, but whether you're a man or woman, your thighs should generally be decreasing over time when you're focusing on fat loss. Now, when we are looking to see if our clients or whoever are gaining lean muscle mass at the same time, one of the main things that we're looking at is actually increases in strength over time for the main compound lifts and just their weight lifts in general. So that's, a pretty good metric to understand how your lean muscle mass is changing or at least not decreasing. <clears throat> so you should definitely be tracking your strength progress over time. Now, depending on how much body fat you have to lose, your arms and calves will likely be decreasing, but it's also possible that they will be increasing as well. If we were to see changes, positive changes in lean muscle tissue. In other words, you're gaining lean muscle mass over time. We will most likely be seeing that in the leaner sections of your body, which are going to be your arms and calves. So uh, those, those areas are just simply more affected by muscle growth because they tend to have less body fat. So even if you're losing body fat your the chain the positive changes in lean muscle tissue can outpace the rate of fat loss in those areas so if those parts of your body are increasing that's a really good i that that's a really good suggestion that you're actually gaining lean muscle tissue so that's that's awesome if those parts of your body are decreasing during fat loss don't worry that doesn't necessarily mean that you are losing muscle tissue you can just be losing any body fat that you have stored in those areas and that's what's causing those measurements to decrease and that can also you can also see decreases in those leaner parts of your body when you're in a caloric deficit because your muscles aren't filled up with glycogen and water so glycogen is the main energy source that your muscles burn and they a every gram of glycogen that's stored in your body actually is paired with two to three grams of water. So that can have a very filling effect in your muscles when your muscles are filled with glycogen and water. But over time, when you're following a caloric deficit, your body is going to be depleted in terms of its total glycogen stores. So that can mean that you have less glycogen in your muscles and therefore less water. So your muscles appear to be less full. So that's another reason that you can see those parts of your those body measurements decrease over time, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are losing lean muscle tissue. So I hope that was all really helpful. Those are just some general ideas for how your body measurements should be changing over time based on where, what areas of your body you're measuring. That's also, we've also covered how your body weight should be changing over time. And we've also covered the main metrics that you should be Tracking over time to ensure that you are shredding body fat and achieving your fat loss goals. So that's going to be a wrap for this episode. And there's one final note that I want to leave you with just a little bit of inspiration because I know fat loss can be really difficult. It can be really challenging physically, but also mentally. So I just want you to know that wherever you are in your fitness journey right now, I assure you with 100% confidence that your goals are possible, regardless of what story you have. I know that you are 100% capable of achieving your fat loss goals. And I say that because I have seen so many incredible transformations firsthand And from people who have struggled in the past, from people who didn't believe in themselves, for people who didn't think that it would be possible for them to achieve their fat loss goals. So no matter your starting point, no matter your past struggles, you can get into the best shape of your life. And that doesn't... Matter based on your age or whether you have kids or not, whether you're married, doesn't matter if you've been working out for decades or you're just starting to train, doesn't matter if you have a fast or slow metabolism, however you kind of define that. I assure you that it is possible for you to achieve your fat loss goals. It's just a matter of finding the right strategy for you, putting in the work, tracking your progress over time and staying consistent. So, I would encourage you to check out the resources that we have on our website, the gym.com. There's lots of free fat loss help that you can find on our website. And if you're ready to take your results to the next level by getting direct help from me, from Anders and the rest of our awesome coaching team, uh, we actually have two amazing female coaches, uh so if you didn't know that that's also an option so if you're interested in getting one-on-one coaching and experiencing kind of the next level for your body and health then you can check out our vegan superhero academy coaching program you can just click the link on our website it's at the vegan gym.com or you can go to vegan so i hope that you found a bunch of value in this episode and until next time keep challenging the freaking status quo we really hope that you enjoyed this episode To take the next step in your vegan fitness journey and get access to all our best content for free, check out TheVeganGym.com. We'll teach you everything you need to know to torch body fat, break through plateaus, build lean vegan muscle, and supercharge your health. Get started right now at TheVeganGym.com. Until next time, peace, love, and gains.